Welcome to The Doctrinal Component with Tom Nettles, brought to you by Founders Ministries. Founders Ministries is a reformed teaching organization committed to the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of local churches. For more teaching material by Dr. Nettles, please visit founders.org. This is Tom Nettles. Thank you very much for listening to this edition of The Doctrinal Component. I want to spend two or three of our next sessions looking at a really wonderful passage in Luke chapter 9, verses 18 through 27. Uh, This text begins, Now it happened that as he was praying alone, the disciples were with him. And he asked them, Who do the crowd say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist. But others say Elijah, and others that one of the prophets of old has risen. Then he said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, The Christ of God. Well, prior to this, of course, we have the record in Luke that Jesus healed paralytics. He made blind people see. He raised the dead. He forgave sins. He empowered his followers to preach the gospel and heal everywhere raised the curiosity of the mighty, and taught as if he had underived original authority over the words of God. Who was this Nazarene commoner? It seems an absurdity that receiving and confessing the identity of a person should be of such importance <coughs> Excuse me. that one's life hangs in the balance. But that is exactly the case with Jesus not only for time, but for eternity. So we find here that in this passage, in in light of the stir that was present about which the disciples knew concerning the identity of Jesus, he specifically asks them the question. He elicits a judgment from his disciples. Now we see this unusual juxtaposition of words when Luke wrote, And it happened that while he was praying alone, his disciples were with him. Is it possible to pray alone when friends are right there with you? Well, as we think about this, we we know that if Jesus prayed alone when his disciples were with him, surely from a spiritual standpoint, this says that something about the consistency of the prayer life of Jesus and the absolute purity an undistracted nature of his fellowship with the Father during times of prayer. Well, this reality should characterize our prayer life as much as we can manage it, but also we need to probe this phenomenon for its theological implications, indeed the doctrinal component. Praying alone in the midst of a group indicates that Jesus never was unaware of the uniqueness of his relation with the Father. As the Son of God, his eternal generation and singularity of essence with the Father meant that Father and eternal Son knew with perfection and approved in detail every aspect of the will, knowledge, and purpose of the other. As Son of Man, Jesus always stayed under the influence of the Father, and manifest an unshadowed knowledge of his will, his words, 
and the precise purpose of his having taken on human flesh. Constant communication with the Father in the power of the Spirit was necessary for Jesus in the task assigned him in his human nature. This was described by the writer of Hebrews in this way, who, through the eternal Spirit, offered himself without blemish to God. Hebrews 9.14 The following conversation with his disciples lets the reader know that Jesus was praying in the context of the covenant of redemption. In verse 22, he said, The Son of Man must suffer many things. He was well on his way to the day of death on the cross for the sins of his people. Their view of his person must be sound, well established in their mind, heart, and conscience, if they were to endure the days soon coming and be fit as the first proclaimers of gospel truth. They also must see the cross in its glory as the place of the union of God and man in reconciliation because the one who in his person was the union of God and man took the part of both in the redemptive work. Not only did he pray with such pure concentration, but he could move immediately into a discussion about the very issue that probably constituted the subject of his conversation with the Father. In this atmosphere of fellowship with the Father, Jesus began his probe of the disciples' awareness of the true nature of his person. Only when they grasped this could he begin to unfold the redemptive sacrifice involved in his messianic work as well as what this would cost his disciples in terms of earthly position. Lord willing, we will continue our look at this wonderful passage of Scripture in our next edition of The Doctrinal Component.